This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. You're listening to Open for Business. My guest today, uh, Project ID. Uh, Project ID started as a school-based initiative back in 2013. It came about when co-founder Kelvin Tan witnessed the struggles of low-income communities and how the odds were stacked against them. Beyond just good results, students from low-income communities needed to also feel they too can achieve their dreams in order to succeed. So it's now, I guess, your involvement in education will be over 11 years. But I'm here with Kelvin Tan. I'll get his story. So good morning to you, Kelvin. Morning, Frida. Thanks for having me. So, um, you know, we were, we were chatting earlier. Uh, how you got started was with Teach for Malaysia. Mm. Um, and that has evolved. But how did you get involved with Teach for Malaysia in the first place? <laughs> yeah. So funny story was that uh, I never wanted to be a teacher. And when I first came across Teach for Malaysia, I never wanted to join Teach for Malaysia. Uh, but what happened was there was a recruiter who was very persistent. And I thought, okay, la, let's just submit the application so that they stop calling me. Okay. Um, but what happened was during the application, there were two essays. Uh, one spoke about, uh, one asked me about my letter of intent, why I want to join Teach for Malaysia, and another to describe someone who inspired you. Mm. And uh, I took that opportunity to reflect. And after those two essays, uh, I had a complete change of mind right. uh, from not wanting to do this at all to this is what I want to do. Like right. I want this job. So who inspired you? Yeah. So uh, it was a teacher. His name was Mr. Fred. Okay. Uh, Mr. Fred was an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I was in school, I, I was a very difficult student. Uh, and when Mr. Fred came to my life, uh, I was also a bit difficult with him. Okay. But he, he never gave up. And right. it was because of him that I had a good command of English and that gave me a lot of uh, access to a lot of opportunities. Right. And I would say a lot of who I am today, mm. I do owe it to Mr. Fred. Okay. So um, so what's very interesting, right? I, I, when you look back at who has inspired you, a lot of us would say teachers, mm. right? A lot of us would say teachers. And I'm looking back, like, actually, who first inspired me? It would be a teacher. Mm-hmm. So then after that, you were involved with Teach for Malaysia. What did you do there? Mm-hmm. Uh, who were you teaching? And how did that evolve into Project ID? Yeah, so I was there to, uh, I, I taught geography to uh, Form 1 students uh, in a school in Klang. Um, and so when I was teaching in school, uh, I saw a lot of uh, soft skill programs coming into school. Uh, but what I observed was that a lot of these soft skill programs, they were oftentimes, uh, for lack of a better word, subpar. Um, they would come in, students sit in a day one, and they would have a jarama. And students just listen. Yeah. And so I would ask my students, like, hey, do you think that this is a good use of your time? And they mm. say, like, not really. Mm. And from there, I sought to, uh, with, with some of my uh, teachers who were teach, uh, teach from Malaysia uh, collabs or teachers in the school, we sort of developed a separate program to mm. help our students. Mm. Because we saw that there were a set of students who could succeed, want to succeed, but cannot make the connection between today and the future. Right. Yeah, so that's why we designed a series of workshops, camps uh, to give students uh, career exposure. Right, okay, so then that started Project ID. That started Project ID, correct. And and what do you, so Project ID, what do you teach them actually, the three main areas, or the main areas you cover? Yeah, so uh, what we do in Project ID is we design and run student experiences. Mm. Uh, And when I say student experiences, it's camps, workshops, student competitions. Mm. Uh, And we focus on three main areas, uh, student leadership, social emotional learning, 
and career aspirations. Hmm. Okay, and why do you think this was important? I mean, more like hmm. the social, the social and uh, emotional learning. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at uh, different websites, World Economic Forum, LinkedIn, uh, or any other employers' uh, 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 content, they will always say, "Hey, um, the top skills." Hmm that's needed for the future, mm. problem solving, mm. empathy, communication, emotional intelligence, and the list goes on and on. And none of this mentions uh, hard skills. Right. Uh, a lot of it is soft skills, right? Mm. And here's another thing. Uh, so after Teach for Malaysia, I worked in corporate for a while. And, uh, you know, I, I've also had to hire people. Mm. And what I noticed, and I'm sure you, you might have also, a lot of us here have uh, experienced this. Whenever we hire, mm. uh, we don't necessarily just focus on grades. Right. We, we spend a lot of time interviewing people. Yeah. Uh, we spend, uh, companies spend a lot of money on HR to make sure that we find the right fit of people. Mm. And oftentimes we look for uh, qualities like adaptability, mindset, communication skills. Right. right? And then when you look into schools, some of the KPIs that are imposed on schools are grades. Mm. And there, there in, in itself the is a disconnect. disconnect. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And, and career aspirations. Mm. Why was that important to implant in these kids about career aspirations? To, to give them hope in a way? Yeah, not just hope. Actually, uh, I think uh, inherently a lot of students have hope, mm. but uh, they don't necessarily know how to get there. Mm. Right. So when we do our career aspirations program, uh, there are typically three parts. There is self-discovery for them to understand themselves, who they are, their ambitions, their values. Then number two, pathway planning. How do I get there? Uh, what's my tertiary education opportunities? What are the funding opportunities? What are my options? And then third is exposure. Mm. So giving them, letting them see the world out there. Mm. So when it comes to exposure, uh, we, we've run things like uh, mini internships. We've placed 16-year-old students in companies, mm. uh, corporate companies in KL. Right. Uh, we've brought students out to career fairs, uh, university fairs. And also we've invited many different industry professionals and leaders to share with our students. Right. Uh, before I uh, get into like how you've turned this into a business and how you've turned it into a business, mm. um, uh, what then about the grades? You know, is that how do you resolve that issue? Mm. So I think when it comes to grades, there are a lot of organizations out there, along with MOE, mm. along with teachers, who are very focused on getting the academics out. And don't get me wrong, academics yeah. are important. Yeah. Uh, it, they, they, good grades get you opportunities for scholarships mm. and that, has, that can change life trajectories. Mm. Uh, but we also believe that uh, for a child who may not be academically inclined, the other enablers of success, right. path to success, mm. are all these other soft skills and exposure. Okay. Mm. So then how have you turned mm. this into a, a social enterprise, into a business? Yeah. So with Project Idea, we have two pillars. Uh, we have a social pillar and we have an uh, enterprise pillar. Uh, so with social pillar, it really focuses on our mission. Our mission is to uh, on two things, uh, education, innovation. So we design um, uh, innovative solutions to drive change for, for, for communities. And the second thing is uh, opportunity, which is we design a lot of programs that focus on marginalized communities, mm. B40, lower M40, and so on. Right. And through this social pillar, we generate a lot of uh, goodwill, IPs, uh, and also network mm. of students and teachers. Mm. With that, uh, we channel that into our enterprise. Mm. And um, we, we use these IPs to then uh, help uh, other organizations that reach out to us to activate their social impact priorities or okay. their education impact priorities. Right. And through the earnings that the enterprise gain, 
it gets channeled back into our social media. Right, okay. And you came back into this as a, a full-time. Full-time. You, you took some time out to work for other people, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so I spent, so I started my career as a public school teacher two years in there. Uh, then I worked in consulting, management consulting for four years. Uh, and I worked with two other techs two tech startups for okay. about two to three years. Right. And yeah. well, why the decision to come back? Yeah. So <laughs> um, I never wanted to come in uh, full time uh, so so soon. Mm. Um, but what happened was in 2019, I set up a full time team. Mm. And that's because there were a lot of opportunities that came our way. Uh, there were folks like uh, from CMB Foundation, uh, folks from UNICEF, MOE that reached out to us to run projects on their right. behalf. Uh, and so we set up this entity and set up a full time team. But during the pandemic, mm. um, uh, we pivoted to online learning quite quickly and the opportunities came on quite quickly for us as well. Mm. Uh, so one year in into the pandemic, uh, the project ID team uh, spoke to me and says, hey, Kelvin, you got to come in full time to support mm. this. And so I did. So you did indeed. And of course, you know, I know you've got uh, an EdTech uh, platform, an app that's coming up. We'll discuss that in just a moment. I'm here with Kelvin Tan from Project ID. Stay tuned to Open for Business, BFM 89.9. Binge-friendly movies. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Happy Friday morning. This is Frida Liu. I'm here with uh, Kelvin Tan, co-founder of Project ID. And uh, Project ID has been around for, what, 13? No, 11 years, 12 11 years, years. 11, 12 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, what they do is they, you know, help with the local income communities and how uh, help them with their education, the students. So right now, um, you know, turning into a business, you, you talk about your team. How big is your team at the moment? Mm, we are a team of 12. Uh, along with a network of fifty over fifty freelance uh, facilitators, was it easy to find teammates? No, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, well, to be fair, um, we we have the luxury of uh, being part of the Teach for Malaysia network, so right. we get to work with some Teach for Malaysia alumni to join our team, uh, but. It is tough to find talent. Right. Yeah. And you know, something like this, right, is really something from the heart, right? Because we mm. don't think about it in terms of money. But at the same time, we know in terms of sustainability, you need to make money. Mm. Um, and one of which is you're also coming up with a, a EdTech platform. That is correct. Uh, yeah. So how does that work? Yeah. So uh, this EdTech platform is going to, what we are going to do is we're going to aggregate uh, K-12 education information all into one place. Mm. How this came about? was quite interesting. Uh, it, was, it was a concept in working 12 months ago mm. when we were talking to our students. Um, and we were just asking them, what's going on? What challenges are you facing? And one thing that we, they, they, they told us was uh, students have a lot of Telegram communities mm. where they share resources with one another. So there will be an ad, ad math uh, Telegram community and they will share questions, notes, uh, 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 sort of videos with right. one another, right? But the challenge here is that it is not indexed mm. and they don't know what's good and what's not right. good. So then we decided to set, uh, build this platform to help students and teachers contribute education resources into one place mm. and they can... Uh, index it and they can just search it through filters. Mm. So think Quora meets Zalora. Okay. <laughs> okay. So how will you be monetizing this? Yeah. So 
Uh, at the onset, uh, w- uh, with the current build, it will be a free platform mm-hmm. because uh, we truly believe that this will change uh, how students learn and it will nurture independent learning. Mm. Uh, but to help us sustain, we will be introducing uh, freemium features. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the features that we are considering, and as, as we're still talking to students with this, is uh, microtransactions with uh, uh, learning material. Okay. So what that means is uh, today, uh, students have to spend uh, money uh, 20 to 30, 30 ringgit to buy a reference book. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't, actually a lot of times, they don't yeah. use the entire reference book. So the question is, can we break them down into microtransactions? Right. Uh, can we make it more affordable? Whereby some students who want to learn chemistry, chapter four to six, they just have to pay a fraction of that cost. Mm, okay, so yeah. this is uh, upcoming. Uh, what's yeah. the name for it? It's Project ID. Uh, no, it's called AdFlow. AdFlow, yeah. okay. Coming soon. Sorry. Coming soon, end of November. End of November. Watch yeah. this space. Available on all, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's a web app. So okay. uh, once we launch, uh, if you search AdFlow uh, in, by December, you will be able to find it on Google. You know, when you were also teaching and all that, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of internet access and all that, mm-hmm. is that is that an issue? It is. Uh, okay. When I was teaching in school, mm. uh, it is an issue, but it wasn't that big of an issue compared to the past two to three years. Right. Right. So because the pandemic was was uh, quite critical, mm. internet became much more critical. Right. Uh, so how we navigated that was, uh, was for some of the programs that we were trying to work with uh, more marginalized communities, mm-hmm. we partnered with uh, folks like companies like Cellcom mm. to distribute free SIM packs okay. uh, loaded with internet and calls. Uh, we partnered with some of our with a law firm called Screen, mm. uh, and they put together laptops and send it to schools. Mm. Yeah, so some of these initiatives. So when you were you were working mm. with the with the kids, you know, in the early mm. days and all that, so you were seeing that a lot. Is it uh, sometimes is the education system? Would the kids get lost? And why is it? Is it issues at home? Is it what were some of the? I think if you were to look back, the other pertinent issues that resulted in them not being able to do well in school. Yeah, I think there are many um, reasons why mm. uh, students don't they do well mm. or they don't do well in mm. schools. Uh, as an educator, I have learned that um, every community is different. Mm. Uh, every learner learns differently. Mm. Uh, the question is, uh, how do we bring in more personalized learning? So as educators, we know this, uh, there are different learning styles, learning yeah. preferences, even as adults, yeah. we have different working styles as well. Yeah. But a lot of times, the current structure of how students learn... One way. One way. Or the highway. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know if you covered this already, yeah. but the program Aspirasi mm-hmm. and Young Educator. Yeah. How are they, how, what are these programs about? Yeah, so Young Educators Challenge, it's a national student competition. Mm. Um, actually, it's running. It's, it's running for the third year right now. Uh, this year, we are getting students from all over Malaysia uh, to design their a, a learning loss project. Oh, sorry, a project to address learning loss in their communities. Mm. Uh, and so we have about twenty teams around Malaysia right now uh, doing this. Uh, so we they pitch for the project, and we give them a grant up to five hundred ringgit, mm. up, depending on their budget. And normally. Uh, all these innovation competitions, they stop at the pitching hmm. and the students win the prize. Right. For us, uh, we take it to the next level. Uh-huh. We say, now you have one month to execute after your okay. pitch. And we teach them about impact measurement. And after that, we will evaluate the impact and then we will uh, award the teams the, the winning prize. Right. So even with the work you do, how do you measure your KPIs? Like, I mean, what is, you know, 
how how you know how do you do value what's successful? Yeah, so we have a, a few matrices. So there is the top level, which is how many number of students that we impact. But to us, the more meaningful ones are uh, two things. Number one, the stories, the long-term stories that our students uh, tell us. Uh, but number two, we also do a lot of uh, before. Uh, after surveys mm. uh, and reflections from our students. Mm. And that's where we learn as educators, uh, what can we be doing differently? Uh, is this program impactful or not? Mm. So I'll, I'll give you one example. Uh, we had a student, uh, her name is Hajar. Uh, she, worked with, uh, she was with us since 2014. Mm. She entered our Aspiracy program. And uh, back then, uh, back in 2014, Hajar wanted to be a doctor. Mm. Fast forward five years when I spoke to Hajar, and every year we work with Hajar. We have workshops in, right. in the school. Fast forward five years, uh, Hajar wanted to be a pediatrician. Hmm. But Hajar at the time was also conflicted because Hajar was representing the state in archery. Okay. Uh, and then we said, okay, you know what? Finish from five, come intern with us. Hmm. And so we gave her an internship. And during the internship, she had an opportunity to go to MDAC to attend a talk about uh, women in technology. Right. And that sort of sparked her interest in computer science. Mm. Uh, and coincidentally, there was a scholarship called the Sunway TFM Scholarship mm. that became available. And so Haja applied and she applied for a diploma in computer science and she got it. Okay. And not only that, after she finished her diploma, she got a full scholarship to go to Korea to, fin uh, to do her, her, her degree in computer right. science. And she's right now in Korea. Right, so I mean, this story is right from 2014. There's eight years, you see. Yeah. So the, I'm sure there are many of these stories yes. and all that, right, that inspires you, right? Uh, and that's a great story as well. Um, I want to talk about, so when you, what does ID actually stand for? <laughs> yeah, so ID stands for Impianku Destinasiku. Uh, just to caveat, when we started this thing called Project ID, we never wanted it to be an organization. Right. We were just a group of teachers who it's wanted... a project. Yeah, <laughs> just to help our students. But over time, it became an entity and we just said, you know what, just stick with it. Uh, but yeah, right now we realize that the project name might be a bit right. challenging. So, okay, because so, people will think, is it a project, right? That yeah. never ends, right? Exactly. Well, it is, but you know. Um, when you, I, I know, other than Haja and all that, right? I mm. mean, what gives you the satisfaction in what you're doing? Hmm. Uh, many things. I think number one, uh, working with students and helping and, and just trying to listen to the, the, the journey that they go through, mm. right? Uh, I, I've shared about my story with Mr. Fred mm. and I truly believe that every, ch every child wants to succeed mm. um, and all we need is someone who believes in us and right. someone to give us the opportunity. Mm. Some are more fortunate, they can grab the opportunity themselves mm. and there are many smart, intelligent students who do that. But there are also many more who just need that one push. Right. And so for us, when we work with our students, we are constantly looking for uh, opportunities where we can help that one student or that few student. Mm. And when these students tell us like, hey, you know what? This has been an amazing journey for me. Mm. Uh, we have students from Sarawak, Sabah, who still continue to work with us after the workshops right. that we run. Um, that gives us hope that, okay, we are doing the right thing. Because mm. um, for us, the, the the biggest caution that we have is creating impact that looks good, 
but isn't doing anything for students at all. Mm. So impact, when we talk to students, when I talk to students about how, how do you find this program? Is it useful? And I talk to them again two years later and right. said, how was that program for you? And I said, it was so useful. You should definitely do it again. I want to volunteer when you do this mm. program. That gives me that satisfaction. Right. You know, so like in something like this, right, uh, it is a business. Now you can yeah. look at it as a business. What, what has been challenging for you uh, in running this like a business? Mm. Uh, it is the fact that it is a business. Mm. Uh, so as a social enterprise, uh, we have to balance both uh, margin mm. and impact. Uh, and so for me, I have a more social <laughs> inclination because that's why we started this thing. Yeah. Uh, the business part, it really is just to uh, sustain the organization and to sustain the work that we do. Mm. So not only do we face all the other, all the typical challenges that a business face, uh, but we also often have to um, uh, educate and inform our partners right. about how does a social enterprise work. Right. Because we're not an NGO, yeah. uh, but we are not just entirely business driven right and uh, an impact yeah. business yeah we're an impact business okay and your co-founders how many co-founders are there uh i had two co-founders uh. two other co-founders but uh they sort of uh, sort of left uh and we we, uh, we we agreed to pathways mm. uh pathways back in 2015 right um timeline might be a bit off by one two years margin right uh, that's because they wanted to focus on their own personal priorities right and i mean we remain great friends till right. today so yeah. now you're the only one i'm the remaining the remaining one running it as well now yeah. in something like this as well are you also looking at raising funds and all that is that part of the plan as well yeah so we're always uh fundraising for uh, the work that we do mm. um uh, especially in the social pillar. Mm. Uh, so because social pillar are pro bono, we don't charge margin for mm. that. Uh, so for example, uh, we recently received uh, a grant from uh, Yayasan Hasana mm-hmm. to pilot a project that focuses on student leadership mm. and mental health support in schools. Okay. So, and, and also we, we have, uh, we're working with uh, CMB Foundation to mm. continue the work that we do with our Career Aspirations Project. Okay. So we do look for funding for right. some of the projects that we do. And we have had amazing funders in, in the past, mm. amazing partners like uh, UNICEF, mm. uh, ECM Libra Foundation, and Cellcom that right. currently funds the Young Educators Challenge. Right. So that's one. Uh, but apart from that, uh, we also have partners who engage our services. Mm. Uh, so we work with uh, partners like Finco. We work with partners like Chai Foundation mm. um, who sees value in the work that we do mm. and would like us to extend the value to some of their uh, beneficiaries. Right. What about coming up with the EdTech platform? Yeah. Yeah, so EdFlow. EdFlow, Ed yes. Flow. So EdFlow right now, we are uh, looking for uh, uh, grants and financial support to mm. be able to uh, sustain the free part of the platform. Right. Uh, currently, Project ID is self-funding it, mm. uh, but we are finding ways to be able to fundraise for it. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, looking into uh, when we when we extend into the premium features, then we will look at the different pathways that we can take to right. raise uh, money. And I guess at the moment, it's uh, focused on Malaysian students. Yes. Uh, for AdFlow, in the first six months, we will focus on Malaysian students. Right. But we have aspirations to scale regionally in the next 15 to 20 months. Okay, so you will announce it when it comes out. We will announce it when we it comes out. We will announce it. Uh, okay, uh, well, you know, thank you for the work that you're doing, you know, and I know that it is making an impact one person at a time, right? That's all we can do. And then, you know, hopefully this will be a movement. Uh, I've been speaking to Kelvin Tan uh, from Project ID. We'll watch uh, this space. You've been listening to Open for Business. I'm Frida you BFM 89.9.
You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.